It's now time for Women on the Waves, a show focusing on issues affecting women, here on Christchurch's Community Access Station, Plains FM. I'm Rachel Hazelden. And today on Women's Lives, Women's Stories, I'm speaking to the divine Prue Morale. Prue is my landlord and the owner of the Good Girls Property Management and appears on the TV show Renter. She is colourful in every sense of the word and has the biggest heart. <laughs> kia ora, Prue. Uh, kia, ora, kia ora, darling, to you. Yes. Kia ora. Now, I was reading some of uh, your previous interviews and you said, if it doesn't make me smile, I don't want it. That is correct. What inspired that philosophy? I, I, I don't know. It's, I suppose it's with the work I do, which has tough days. Mm. I go home and I want to be surrounded by things that amuse me mm. rather than it looking. So I do love a sense of kitsch at times. Yes, yes. I do enjoy a lot of glitter and fairy lights mm. and that type of thing and great art mm. I've been a collector of art for years and your home is an art deco home it is yes oh I'm so fortunate yes how did you find that quite by accident I went out to buy milk mm. forgot the milk mm. went oh my god that's the house and with great assistance from a couple of pals mm. managed to pull that off yes and what so about that era the era you. was so elegant and clever and the the English and the quotes and that all of that all of that era is fascinating mm-hmm. fascinating to me sorry yeah. just throwing a kiss to that's someone all going right. past the window there. one has to throw kisses oh, one absolutely must. so mm. you deal with a pretty tough area mm. um, being not you darling no not, not you my <laughs> god you are perfection <laughs> That's right. uh, well, a little bit of the background is, is how I met you is uh, I was looking um, for my long-term dream is a tiny home. Yes. Um, but I was like, let's see if I can do a tiny apartment. And uh, it was just such a colourful apartment block and that it was owned by a woman yes. and managed and run by a woman and a yes. team of women. And yes. and the, the, this vision of having a great community that was... Uh, connecting people and safe and colourful and it just was like I found my tribe. Yeah, it's a bit, well it is very much that way and and when one is letting like that it's all in the choreography of it mm. and it's the overview and the harmony of the block that is important. Mm. So I'm always mindful that everybody will get on. You don't necessarily need to be you know, bosom pals, Mm. but you need to be able to get Mm. along and Mm. have a similar Mm. ethos Mm. or or it just never gels. And you talk about choreography. You come from a dance background. I do. Tell me about it. I love the ballet Mm -hmm. and I love to dance to this day. I don't think I'll ever stop. What's your favourite kind of dance? Ah, just free form, probably. But I do. I love ballet and modern jazz and all those things. I'm fascinated by the shapes and the meaning behind it. And yeah, yeah. I really enjoy it. 
And your mother was a jazz singer. Was it an early yes. influence? With the dance? Not necessarily, but yeah. I did want to be a ballerina, as it were. Um, but when I was invited, my mother was not keen for me to be alone in Wellington. She didn't want me to be alone, and so she put that one to bed. So you studied ballet when you were growing up? I did. And you got an opportunity when you were a bit older to mm. to go to Wellington? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But it would have meant lefting, leaving home. That's right. Yeah. Mother was not keen. Yeah. No. Yeah. What age were you? Um, I was in my, you know, sort of 16, 17 mm. in, that, mm. in that age range. Mm. And I adored it. Mm. There was just a marvellous freedom with mm. dance. Mm. You know, I love all that Isadora Duncan stuff and that, you know, what she stood for at the time. She and was they, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Mm. And for that, that. Mm. can't even speak properly this mm. morning. It must mm. be the espressos. Mm. Yeah, so I, it's a bit of that, and I I just love that freedom and what that stands for. It's marvelous. Mm. Mm. I think we underestimate the power of movement, Very and what much. it does for us. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just walking or being with friends or gardening or mm, mm. all the things I love. Mm. Mm. So, what did you go on and do with this thwarted ballet career? Uh, I went to work in a bank, yeah. <laughs> but I did teach ballet. I had small kids, and uh, they were maybe six or seven, and got them to exam and did all of that stuff. So the, it, it, I really enjoyed that. That was wonderful, mm-hmm. working with the, with the children and finding new ways to help them move. Yeah. One of the girls in particular suffered from a slight, she had a slight spasm, I suppose, and so we worked, when she arrived, she was quite awkward. And when she decided ballet was not necessarily her thing, her fluidity of movement was quite apparent. And I thought, job done. Mm. You know, her posture and the way she moves from now forward will always be great. Mm. So I thought that was brilliant. Mm. 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 There I see you. Your heart, making a difference with people. Yeah, I enjoy that. Yeah. I do enjoy that. Yeah. It's always good, you know, to sort yeah. of pay forward. Yeah. I've always thought. And you're a collaborator too. I think so. You and I like to yeah. be. Yeah. I, I think that's how the best stuff happens. Yeah. It's a bit of a brainstorm and you come up with concepts and then you go, oh, what about? And mm. suddenly you've got a whole mm. new thing mm. going on. It's mm. wonderful. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Mm. And that's how I got into working in research because I love the team yes. aspect of it. Yes. Uh, that, you know, I might have an idea, but I'm just one. Yes. And, and people see the world so differently. So let's bring everyone together. And you all sort of nudge together and collide and come up with this marvellous and suddenly you've got a great, a gem of an idea that mm. you can work with. Mm. Mm. Yeah, going forward. It's really important. Yeah. I try to do that. We have a lot of room-by-room room properties and boarding houses, I've got a boarding house with about 17-odd rooms in it. And when I first took it over, it was dire. Mm. There was a man there paying rent, and he'd been deceased for three weeks. Not in the room. Yes. Not in the room. Please, I need to establish. <laughs> I didn't think that. away in the yeah, public but the, hospital. But it wasn't but being these managed. stories do occur. Yeah, yeah. And I... Uh, you know, and I couldn't believe it was just such a mess. Mm. So I took it over and held a house meeting mm. 
ask them what do they want, what would they like to see happen, and then gradually work that through. So the your boarding houses I find really fascinating, mm, mm. really fascinating mm, mm. to work with. So perhaps you're taking on jobs that other people wouldn't necessarily do in property sure. management. But you've got to have the challenge. Right. Without a challenge, I mean, I don't. You know, you've got to. You've got to have something to look forward to when you put the tootsies on the floor in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. You to really grow and need develop. a challenge, and and you learn as you do it. Yeah. So yeah. you know, next time, okay, this yeah. is this is where we're at. Yeah. So what was your vision when you created the Good Girls Property Management? To do it a little bit differently. It was a bit of an interesting one. I'd built another company called QPM from the ground up. It took a lot of energy and time. And I was approached by some insurance people who had said they would back me and believe in me. Was this a, uh, QPM was a property? It's a property management company. And we developed, they said, you know, we believe in you. We'll back you Mm. um, financially to Mm. do this proof and we'll gift you 10% of the shares. Now, I was at a time in my life where I was, uh, I thought someone believes in me. This is amazing. Mm. It's just extraordinary. Mm. You well, know. you hadn't experienced that before? No, yeah. no. And so I went, oh, wow. And I was so grateful. I really worked hard, built a great business. And, of course, they sold it from under me mm. because they could. Mm. And I remember weeping because I, you know, I thought, oh, God, it's all over. It's terrible. But a friend, a, a really good friend of mine, also involved in property, said to me, you chose the deal. Boy, did the tears dry, and did I go? You're absolutely correct. Mm, mm. So, so that tough, was a re- tough truth. Tough, tough yeah. truth. But yeah. that did probably change. I felt a hydraulic move in yeah. my brain <laughs> to where <laughs> the gears yeah. shifted yeah. a bit, yeah. and I went, yeah. "Okay, then. Yeah. All righty." I've never had anyone describe that like that because I have. Um, there's times when I know I have some conversation and insight about my life and it's it's like the gears grind in the brain. Like, you feel it do a change. Yeah. You feel it The first time I've up. heard that described mm. that, like a hydraulic change. It really, yeah, I yeah. felt it, the motor move. And yeah. so I decided that I wanted to do this my own way. So I began Good Girls um, nearly 11 years ago now thinking we'll just keep it little and we'll motor along and yeah, that'll yeah. be nice and, yeah. you know, I can do this on my own. But I got to the point where I was demented with stress because, of course, all the earthquakes hit. Mm. So I was doing all the earthquake claims for my owners mm. because they needed to be done. People needed to know they were safe in their homes. So I had a little... Uh, structural engineer called Matty Blythe and I or Matt Blythe actually his mm. name is mm. but I call him Matty and he would drive around with me for a day and write uh, and sign letters saying whilst the property is damaged it is safe to live in and that was important to people at that time so we were letting you know there was hardly any power no sewerage all of those things so you're running around with gas bottles and 
you know, we had two buildings fall down. We had eight mm. people missing. Mm. Mm. We had to go and find them. So it was all, you know, you're yeah. trying to yeah. give people the ability to cook and yeah. keep warm. And yeah. Resources, I'm thinking, you said, like, demented with stress. Mm. Um, there just wasn't enough people or enough of you and the team or that's correct well like, it was just yeah, me yeah i was alone doing you, you, it all oh you didn't you didn't have Letting. other women in the team at the, i had you was, nobody you soul soul aha aha flying solo right so you had to quickly get and and people others. were saying would you manage my home and i'm going of course and i would have managed a shed and i did i managed garages i did everything in the beginning mm. because it needed to be that way and I did have uh, my first husband, Blair Allchurch. He was extraordinary. And his wife, um, we used to say we were related by marriage. Mm. And uh, she did a lot of work for me. Barbara Fox, sadly, she passed away about a year ago now. Mm. But she was instrumental too in the building of Good Girls and my daughter. So it was a bit of a family affair. Yeah. And then we, we worked it, we nutted yep. it all through. And then I came to the point where I could no longer yep. sustain. Yeah. So I had to get a so commercial you were, building. Were you on your own initially because of that previous experience of yes. the, the insurance? And then yep. it was always, it'll fall over, that self-doubt yep. creeps in. Because yep. we're all good at the sabotage, yep. the self-sabotage could fall over. Yeah. You know, a big, bigger quake could happen if yeah. that was possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and suddenly, so what there'd should, be nothing to manage. So you knew it was un- you couldn't go on. Yes. Um, and then what so allowed then, you to kind of? Well, I found this little girl team. called Siobhan who was, um, and we are still mates. And she came to work for Good Girls, and I took a commercial building. It was the smallest office in the world. I called it the Tower. So the downstairs was a single garage and the office upstairs was just that big. And that was, but I could afford the rent and I thought, well, if it all fell over, I could still pay my dues, hold my head high and go, I gave it a crack. Mm. So I started there and then gradually I needed more people and a bigger computer system. And so good girls gathered an impetus Mm. that I, you know, I needed to mm. be able to hire staff who could do things. So Mish came on board and various, and Michelle is still with me. And um, gradually I've met people along yeah. the way where I thought, oh my God, they'd be brilliant. So I've got the best birds in the world working there. And obviously, you have um, a team of people outside. You know that you call on for building work yes, and things like that. And but what are. what made you decide to keep it women in the office? I kept it women in the office mainly because it, it it there's no particular reason in that women tend to choose property management. Um, I think it's the multitasking. There's so many things to consider. Um, there's so much to do and. You do have the odd crises that you need to work with. So we've had, of course, the mosque shootings. We lost three tenants in those shootings. Um, and so we we SMS every tenant and just said, even if you just need a cup of tea and need to talk, even if you're not directly affected, we're here. 
you know there was mm. really not a lot else we could do mm. um, so you said women tend to choose you mean they tend to choose property management and and I as a career as a career right more so than men there are not a lot I'm not saying there's not men out there there is there are there are men out yeah. there involved in the business I've that's interesting to hear because yes. I, I just naturally assumed that building was more a male-dominated field. Certainly. But you're saying in management, it's female-dominated. Yes. yes. And I've, along the way, had to, you know, learn so much. And I think sometimes there's a nurturing involved in the tenancy. Especially over the last few years, there's been a tremendous increase and in spike in mental illness. Um, we've had attempted suicides. We've had people who are so sad, and you just know you can just sense it. It's quite yeah. palpable. Yeah. So then, often I will ring parents mm. and mm. put them all together and mm. just say, "Look, I'm concerned." Mm-hmm. Um, often you need to be able to work like that, mm. and you've got to think a little bit outside the. There's real relationship building. Very much. Um, you know, and I had an email just recently from someone that uh, apparently, and I have no recollection, but she was in a very, very bad, abusive relationship. And I had a chat with her, I must have, because she emailed me after eight or nine years and said, hey, Prue, thanks, I'm now married, two kids, got a cat. And Beautiful. I'll never forget that. And she, beautiful that she reached out because you would never I know. Had a little tear, darling. Yeah. I yeah. don't, you know. I mean, I thought it was pretty amazing, really. Mm. 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 Beautiful. So it's quite important. It's, mm. it, it's it, what we do is important. So, what advice would you give to women uh, led businesses? Women taking on leading a business. It can be lonely. It can be quite lonely. Um, so you've got to choose the people you can talk to well. Um, I've got some terrific friends, and I am rich in friendships, good friendships of, gosh, some of them 50 years, you know, mm-hmm. extraordinary mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. And I cherish and value those people and those friendships. So they've been uh, instrumental sometimes where I've gone, can I do this? You know, is it, is it, because you're so immersed sometimes you, and you're too busy to be able to be objective and mm. objectivity is very much part of the machine. Mm. You've got to be able to look at it. Mm. So sometimes the only way to do that is go offshore. Well, we can't do that at the moment, can we? No. Nope. Sugar loaf's nope. about as good as it nope. gets. Domestic yeah. travel only. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, in this time mm. of COVID. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, the thought. What was the thought that was there? The, um, I always find fa- the idea of confidence quite fascinating because mm. it, it kind of can be portrayed like you have it or you don't have it um, and people see someone who's outwardly outgoing uh, and colourful like yourself That's right. and just assume confidence. Mm. But in fact... Um, no. Uh, Women I women I talk to is that fear of um, uh, messing up. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Self sabotage. Self sabotage. Doubt. Doubt. Yeah. Um, thinking I can't believe I've got the success. There's a particular word that um, there is. 
Um, it'll come to it'll us. Come to <laughs> it'll come to us. Both. You know, menopausal but we're brain all right. and the, oh, the, the word's not tell there. Tell me about menopause. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And the, um, that actually it's, it's that kind of fear, the fear. fear of failure. Feel the fear anyway and do it anyway. Sure. Or lack the confidence mm. and do it anyway. Mm. Or know that we're learning through. You know, like me starting this podcast. You learn every day. You no idea how to, day. never done it before. No. You know, but just see, you're marvellous at it. And you are a person too that is really easy to be around because you're a very caring human being. And and I've always known this about you, that you worry about others mm. and get concerned. Mm. And, you I know, feel it. Which is why, yes, I, you I, do. I, I feel it. And, um, you know, I, can, I have to come in and out of the state of the world like take sure. a little bit on then step back because mm. it yeah and sometimes you know i have to be and really then i go to need to dance that's right <laughs> to get the well there's out. always the disco <laughs> get yeah. out your flares yeah. you know yeah even yeah. midst menopause i've run out of <laughs> eggs and options mm. all of that oh, it's, and, and it's a menopause can be a liberating time did it a, is I, did a, I did a fantastic course last year which just with a group of other menopausal women in different stages from the beginning to the end yes. and um, yeah there's a lot of physical and emotional impacts mm. but with an empowering context Very it's much. such an exciting time of life it is and I and and there was a, a marvelous woman called Hattie that I knew very well in her 80s and she said oh darling she said in the end you get your your, own, your body back to yourself. Mm. And I thought, now that's interesting. Yeah. You know, that yeah. is really wonderful. There is there is a liberation, mm. you know, mm. with it. Yeah, yeah, every stage has its challenges. And, oh, yeah. You know, and then there's mm. that growth opportunity, that mm. damn, damn growth. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Even when it's painful. Yeah. No pain, no gain. Only. What do you like about being a woman? I enjoy being a bird and because I don't, yeah, I do love being a woman, a, a, a woman. <laughs> I love being a, a woman. Woman, yes. Um, I think it's the frocks mm. and the shoes and the, uh, yeah, just just all the beautiful things of life. Mm. I did that is what I enjoy, and the friendships and the. Uh, having dinner with mates and you know I had a really great uh, uh, my staff were you know worked really hard throughout that lockdown period that we all went through and we all spoke every day and they worked as hard as they could out of the office and then when we got back there was oodles to catch up on we did get the one person that called us in lockdown four, and I wonder if you're listening, asking us to go and change a light bulb. Ooh. We did not. <laughs> <clears throat> Anywho, I suggested YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so then I. Uh, so then what we did when when we got back, we really had to hit the ground running because there was lots of maintenance. I'd had a fire in lockdown four. My God wondering what I would do with them, imagining myself yeah. putting a tent in my yeah. own backyard. Yeah. I didn't know what yeah. to do. But anyway, we got through that period with really cool tenants. Mm. And the girls were all a bit shattered, so I put a big dinner on at my house. 
and we played cards against humanity <laughs> and had a big dinner. And it was just so nice mm. to see all the birds because all we really talk about is business. So it's nice to have a little bit of personal time. So yeah. I love going to markets yeah. with the girls. I yeah. love all of yeah. that. Yeah. So we often have cups of tea and talk about other stuff. Yeah. What they want to do yeah. as they move forward. Yeah. You know what their hopes yeah. are. Yeah. Because we love to play to the strength mm. of others. Oh yeah. Music to my mm. ears. Mm. Now we're going to wrap up this and we're going to finish off with a song sung by your mother. Oh, uh, yeah. Coral Cummins, Sunday Kind of Love. I chose that because there's a little new ra- romance in my life. <gasps> How gorgeous. You'll have to tell me once the mic's off. Okay. All right. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Thank you, darling. I wanted Sunday kind of love. A love to last past Saturday night I want to know it's more than love at first sight I want a Sunday kind of love I want a love that's on the square Can't seem to find somebody to care I want a Sunday guy.